Olá. Olá. Hello, hello. Welcome. Only one of my earplugs is working. Why is that? All right. Welcome to another episode of Odie Wan Kenobi Speaks. And this is actually a very exciting episode because it's the first time I've had a guest. Um, So I actually had to take a week off because grammatically correct and other duties called um, and beckoned me. So just kind of took up some of my time and I wasn't able to, you know, get to you guys sooner, but I'm glad to be back. And we have Mr. Blue on as today's guest. Uh, today, Odie Wan Kenobi and friend speak to um, Roxanne Roxanne. Um, so it's one of those movies where it's, I think it was pretty well promoted. Um, so if you have a Netflix account, you should have seen that as one of your suggested features. Um, and Roxanne Shantae has been promoting the movie um, on different media outlets. So you should be well aware of it at this point. Um, but before we get into spoilers and the actual nitty gritty of the movie itself, um, we definitely want to cater to like a spoiler free version for the first half of the show. Um, just to kind of get you interested and see what your thoughts are on Roxanne, the artist, and see what you kind of know about her. Um, Blue, what are you thinking? Well, I remember in hindsight, I mean, I didn't know a lot about her initially, but I guess um, I had um, I had a DJ friend where he was a DJ in our neighborhood, and he used to always give us like 45s and albums and stuff, and that was one of the albums that he happened to um, hand out at the time. And... um. I mean, you know, for that time, I guess she was phenomenal compared to what okay, we have what, out today. What, huh? what what time period are you referring to? This was like early 80s. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first got into the country. Um, so didn't even really know the language that well yet. Um, and, you know, it was like, you know, what we call bubblegum rap now. You know, a little 808, a little mm-hmm. beatbox here, a little beatbox there. And someone just bouncing off the dome and maybe a little diss and maybe a little party rap. You know, but it was all, it wasn't a very complex rhyme schemes by our standards no. today. But, you know, for its time, she did her thing. And I think she, she was a teenager at the time. And I guess she oh, was I- battling, huh? She was yeah, battling absolutely. some rappers that disturbed one of their raps. Because that's how the Brooklyn and Bronx people used to go back and forth with each other called battle raps. There was never really no danger to it as we have today in you know, our post e, e, our post Tupac, post Biggie Smalls era, per se. But, um, you know, back then, I guess that was her response. But what I understand, they say that she can't, it was off the dome and it was like, I don't know, six, seven minutes long and she went at him. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't compare to anything we have today, but for its time, right. I guess it was phenomenal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, I mean, when that's why I asked you time period wise where we were, because yeah, it's it's literally comparing apples to oranges. You cannot compare her um, to present day or last year's Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. Like it's just not the same. Um, but and actually, she when when she was promoting this movie, she did say something interesting during the interview on the Breakfast Club, where she was saying like, you know, by no means was I the first, but it's it's a collaborative effort. And her point was. 
you know, it was my job to hold the door open. Um, and then it's the next woman's job to get a seat at the table and the next woman's job to broker a deal and the next woman's job to be the face. And it's, it's basically done in levels. Um, yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate it has to be that way, but I completely understood what she was saying. And I could really appreciate that. Um, me personally, I did not listen to rap until like the mid nineties. Um, yeah. And probably really the like, yeah, like semi late 90s, like 97, 98. That's when I started listening to mixtapes. I listened to like every clue mixtape that came out at the time. Um, and that was like my thing. And that's what really introduced me to rap. So well, you were listening to DJ Ron G, the competitor of um, your DJ, you would have heard my stuff back in the late 90s. But that's another story. You know, um, but um, I was definitely, you know, by that time we were living in Raleigh. And, oh, man, Raleigh people should, should know this reference, but off of Raleigh Boulevard was a record store called Mr. Freeze Records, and they sold every mixtape, every CD, anything your heart desired you could probably find in Mr. Freeze. And that's just where you went to go get music. I remember one time I got a CD where it was, dan- dance hall was, like, really big, so by this time it was, like, the early 2000s, and... It was literally a CD with the same beat from um, Wayne Wonder's No Letting Go, but like 20 different reggae songs to that same beat. So it was just like, it was just a different time for music in general. We're so used to having things at our disposal. Um, you know, you get on Tidal, you get on Spotify, you get on whatever it is that you want to get on um, and you download that song or you go to some, you know, questionable website and you download whatever song it is that you'd like to hear um it's just i don't know i digress but i don't know i just um i i did enjoy the movie but i just i'm not that familiar even now um as we record this show i'm still not really familiar with roxanne shante but i will say the mute the movie gave me some perspective into her relevance um and I, I thank her. I thank her for that, for her contributions. Yeah, I, and I agree with you in that way. Now, um, yeah, I mean, but considering where she began and where we're at now, we're still not where we should be musically regarding female raps, in my opinion. I will as, say... As we only have, who do we have to look forward to listening to on the radio? Nicki Minaj. Remy Ma, uh, I'm hard pressed to think of an oh Rhapsody. Cardi, who? Cardi. Oh yeah, I guess Cardi B. Um, I'm hard pressed to come up with a top ten female rapper. You know what I'm saying? Versus, yeah, yeah it is. Huh? It is. I Absolutely. mean, back, back in your back in the day when you started listening to rap, we had Foxy. Um, um. Lil Kim, we had Latifah, we had, you know, it was the end era of Latifah, of course. It was the end era of, um, what's her name? Salt and Pepper. No, they was already out. They was already gone. Yeah, left eye, I don't really count. Um, what's the one who used, she has a brother named um, Milk, and he's in the um, rap group Audio 2. Okay. Um, I, no. No. Uh, I can't think of her name right now, but she's on the tip of my tongue. 
Paper, she she did the song Paper Thin. It was a phenomenal hit back in the day. MC Light, I mean, MC Light, MC Light, MC Light, MC Light. I will say like Charlie Baltimore. I did have. I felt like the '90s did generate more female rappers because mm-hmm. every because crews were really big. So right. you had to have like your like every place had like their female crew. You had Rough Riders. You had Eve. You had Charlie Baltimore with the uh, who was her people like uh, and Cameron and their crew. Uh, Lil Kim was part of the Junior Mafia clique, and then you had Foxy, who was part of the the firm with Nas and AZ and Cormega. Um, it was really popular to have. Well, Foxy was originally you know, under Jay Z, though. Okay, I don't, I don't recall that. I mean, I can't. I mean, he wasn't, but that wasn't considered. That wasn't considered Rockefeller per se. She was originally his protege. Right, I don't recall her like throwing up the dynasty sign or anything. No, no, like I don't that. think she was a Rockefeller thing. I think it was just a Jay Z thing. I think he used to, you know, mix with her back in the day and brought her into the game, and then she branched off the um, Nas group. And that might have been, uh, at a, and that might have been out of bad blood because you know Nas and Jay Z weren't getting down at the time, as they had that baby mama beef. Gotcha. Yeah, with Carmen. Okay, so, uh, okay, Bahamudia. Lady of Rage. Ooh, I love um, some Lady of Rage. That is still my shit to this day. So yeah, I would say like the '90s really, really generated a lot of good right. female. Now we we sitting on one tenth of that, if even that, to this day. As I struggle to think of other female rappers, and I'm sure they're out there, and I'm sure somebody called in, they'd be like, "This one, this one, this one, this one." But then, then I have to say, "Well, where are they charting? Or you just know them on the mixtape circuit or on SoundCloud?" Right. Which don't really count to me per se. If they if the mainstream don't know them, then I don't know them necessarily. Now I don't do the same thing with R and B music and neo soul. I do happen to do that with rap since rap is not necessarily my favorite genre right now. Gotcha. <sighs> well, thank you, Roxanne Shante, for at least ushering in that '90s feel. Um, and we'll kind of talk about some of the revelations during the movie as far as people whose career she jump-started. Um, I was not I was not familiar with at all. Um, but I did want to ask you, like, how you feel about people telling their own stories? Because one of the things that she did, she actually had executive producer credits on this film. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about people telling their own stories? Like, without... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a curse and it's a blessing. Okay, I, I'll give you an example. I was contemplating writing my book from Crypt to Counselor, where they talk about my my gang ties and how I transitioned to being a, a mental health therapist that's helping people now. But at the same time, I knew that if I wrote it, it was it, there was a lot of stuff I was going to have to leave out based on you know indictments, based on some things that are some wrongs I did that I'm not ready to admit at this time in my life. You know what I'm saying? Especially to those I love and hold dear, as I'll be held in a different light don't want stigmatized in many ways based on some of the atrocities that I've done. So I knew it would have been highly skewed. I'm not a highly glamorized some aspects and stayed away from some aspects that don't paint me in the most positive light. But at the same time, if somebody else did it, then they might glorify my, my bad traits and stigma and, you know, minimize my good stuff. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I guess if you don't, if it's not journaled, if it's not a diary, I guess it's hard to say, you know, 
Of course, I'm not going to paint my... If I'm the executive producer and I have total control of the film, I'm not going to paint my stuff in a bad way. And if you have total control over the film, you might want to Hollywood it. You know what I'm saying? Commercialize it. You know, pump it up yeah. so it's like, woo, yeah, let's get up there, get the most bang for the buck. You know what I'm saying? As I'm pretty sure she downplays some aspects of her sexual abuse. I'm, I'm pretty sure she, she downplays some aspects of, of, of some skills she had or her relationship with her mama, or she might have sensationalized it, or she might have made it bigger than what it actually was. We'll never know. Yeah, unless you were actually there. I mean, and that's the thing with anybody telling their story, whether they have those EP credits or not, it's always going to be a, hmm, I wonder if that was really the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that more, like dive into that a little bit more during the spoiler section. Um, uh, overall, uh, how do you feel about this movie being on Netflix? Do you think um, it could have done without Netflix? Do you think it was more appropriate? Um, I saw a mixed range of reactions. And before I kind of like taint your opinion of that, I'm, I'm just curious to see what outlet you thought would have been because a better fit. Her, what was Netflix the best fit? I think because her, because her name doesn't ring bells like that. I mean, it may ring bells with like older people, you know, um, my agent up, it might be like, oh, but it wouldn't have sold four million, five million, eight million. It wouldn't have, it might have been it came in at eight or nine in the um, you know, the roster of how the movies are coming in, how much they're selling or whatever. I think Netflix at this time, especially for indie films like that, is the new cinema, is the new way to um put movies out there. As my company, Geechee One magazine, is gonna get a movie on um through Netflix and you know there's no way we would have gotten to the theater and if we did get into the theater we'd probably be only in five or ten of them and don't and sell butt you know what I'm saying at least this way we get our story exposed and we get exposure to a very large fan base who some people that's the only way they watch movies I know people that don't even go to the theaters anymore I know myself I if I didn't have a movie pass um through moviepass.com where I pay $9.99 a month one free movie per day for you know for every day of the month there's a i probably wouldn't be at the movies as much only there to see deadpool 2 only there to see x-men or spider-man or um black panther or things like that not seeing some of these indie films that are really 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 good but wouldn't have gave a chance you know what i'm saying okay so this was the after watching the film this was my consensus i saw a post that said um that said, yeah, this would have been better suited or best suited for a behind-the-music kind of documentary, maybe maybe even expand it a little bit, you know, um, where it could be like an, a 90-minute one um, rather than a full feature film. Um, I think, oh. too, it, it would have also helped to get different perspectives because then we could have seen you know, the different people she introduced throughout the movie and see how they feel about her. Um, oh, like an unsung. It, yeah, like an unsung, exactly. Like maybe not even limit it to an hour. Do like mm-hmm. a 90-minute one um, because, you know, she she does deserve her flowers. She does deserve her things, as people say. And yeah, I, I do think she deserves to be honored. I just don't necessarily think that a Netflix film was the best way to do it. Um, yeah, or, or at the very least, maybe even a Lifetime movie. Like, if it must be a film, 
a Lifetime or Wii movie would have fit. So you're um, saying that it, it, it takes away from it because it appeared on Netflix? I'm confused. No, I'm not saying it takes away from it. It just didn't seem like the type of film that I would think, oh, like, let me watch this on Netflix. Or even if, if it was going to be on Netflix, I do think a documentary would have been a better fit. Okay. But a feature okay. film on Netflix, it just, it didn't seem like, you know, not, not that Netflix does is not doing different things out here with documentaries and original content and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just certain things I watch on Netflix that I just... If if it wasn't for the hype of this movie, I wouldn't have watched it. I oh, wouldn't man, have watched. Crazy. Well, I mean, but I'm I would have watched opposite. it on Unsung, I feel like though. that because I, I feel like if it's, if it's on if it's on Netflix, I feel like to me that's even more truthful to me. As you know, Merck could tell you, I'm a I'm what they call a collector. I, I I'm a I'm a add 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 in my queue, add add in my queue. My queue is busting at the seams. You know what I'm saying? But that's one that I actually said I'm not gonna. I'm going to add it to my queue, but I'm going to watch it ASAP, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because that was a, a, a topic that I'm interested in. And how many times is our story able to be told? And no matter how it was told, yeah, it, it probably would have been better. I, I agree with you that an unsung would have gave it more justice as multiple perspectives could have been called in. And I love it when people give their perspectives on unsung. Unsung is one of my favorite television shows, to be honest yeah, with you. it's a very <clears> good show. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that it is a feature film that is on Netflix, where I get to watch it on a 65-inch 3D TV, where I can be immersed in it and, you know, be at, you know, and, you know, watch it at will and introduce other people to it and have a watch party and things like that. Because this, if we zoom all the way out, we had a Tupac story, which to me, a Tupac movie, which was on a, a feature film in a movie theater, to me was... I hate to say it because I love Tupac, but was but. Um, the Notorious B.I.G., his movie, um, a feature film that went to theaters. And to be honest with you, in my opinion, I love Biggie to death too. People say, how can you love Biggie and love Tupac? Man, fuck you. I like them both. I mean, they both were phenomenal. I think Biggie was a better commercial artist, but Tupac was the realest, truest to the people artist, in my opinion. Um, but those movies but didn't they, give them any justice. And I feel like, eh, those easily could have been Netflix movies. You know what I'm saying? Um, see, the reason I disagree, I I think, okay, let me clarify. I think this movie, the Roxanne Shante movie, Roxanne Roxanne, would have been better suited if I would have seen a documentary first. Okay. If I would have been exposed, you know, like to like get a little tease of who she is mm-hmm. and then put it on Netflix or put it wherever it's going to be as a film um, and I remember one unsung episode I would love to see made into a movie is the next story like really? with RL and yes like uh, there's I, I, like, I can't see that I can't see did that you, did you watch the unsung <laughs> special though nah I didn't but next ain't, ain't on Watch, my hit list like that I'm telling you I'm telling you their story deserves to be told like I remember like watching it and I was like oh like okay next I think I'm familiar enough with their story like how they kind of rose to fame and you know I remember them falling out but I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't have any details and then they started talking about their story and a lot of crazy shit happened in their lives that made me want to know more. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, like their thing needs to be a, a movie to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, watch watch so that I think special. What you're saying <laughs> is, I think what you, I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, I think it should be still on demand. Uh, well, I think what you're saying, and what I'm hearing you saying, is that if you knew more about Roxanne Shantae, you would have been more invested. I think so. I think okay. so. A movie would have made better sense to me, like to get that little taste first, mm-hmm. and then be like, oh wow, like that's really fucked up that she experienced. Right. Exactly. I agree totally with you in, in that aspect. All right. That was so weird. Like, I'll have to figure out what happened there later. Um, well, anywho, the good thing about it is that you can join, you can you can combine them into one podcast. Like, yeah, I do remember seeing that. Okay. That was fucking crazy as hell. Like, all of a sudden, just I know, blanked right? out. I mean, that must have been the devil or something because I was, I was about to make a good point. Now I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Marijuana. Why did they make it legal in D.C.? Damn it. <laughs> All right. So uh, transitioning into the spoiler um, spoiler portion of the show uh, where we actually get into the weeds and kind of discuss what happened in the movie itself. Um, I do want to understand your perspective, like gun to your head. If you had to choose one or several bad things about the movie, um, what would you what would you say bad things about the movie i don't understand the question i mean like yeah, things so that like, i wish they didn't expose or things that you things know they, they didn't ever. expose it correctly or the things that happened to her what, what, what are we saying interpret it how you like things that you i would deny. say that you know i wish her mother protected her And I find that, especially in my practice, that women aren't appropriately protecting their daughters in many situations. And yeah, children are wild and they're going to do what they're going to do and they're going to do whatever. But honestly, that girl should not have been exposed to some of the things she'd been exposed to. As men prey on girls, children, all the time. Look at all this bullshit that's going on with R. Kelly right now. Yeah, her mother definitely was painted as someone who was like willing to do anything for money. Um, I was conflicted about her just because mainly there were times like I, I saw tough love and then there were other times where I felt like she was just really like actually jealous of her daughter or didn't really know how to communicate her. Honestly, there was one part in the movie where I was surprised to learn that they had the same father because she said something about them. Uh, and, and when I say she, I'm talking about Roxanne's mother, um, who was played by Nia Long. And she she did a very good job. She she made me not like her. And that's very hard to do with Nia Long because she's a really likable person, generally speaking, in, in her other roles. Um, but there was a scene where she was talking to like the neighbor out the window and she was like, yeah, you know, the dad's coming to pick him up for ice cream. And the way she kind of treated Roxanne, I always assumed that she had a different father. Um, cause there was like another part where one of the sisters was showing her a coloring and she was like, oh, you need to color inside the lines. And mommy was like, and she was like, well, mommy said I didn't. So like, there were like little subtle things that led me to believe that they all didn't have the same father. 
Um, and then also too, like her relationship with the with the man who absconded with the money, the savings. Um, I just felt like she was trusting, and she probably would have had a what like a number five and a fifth daughter if you know she would have just held on longer. She just seemed like she fell hard in love and became bitter. Um, I don't know. I. <laughs> I almost couldn't fault the mother because she was naive herself. So how can she teach her daughter to do better if she doesn't know better herself? Respect. Respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, was, it was very sad in that aspect. It hurt me to my heart to see some of those scenes. It hurt me to my heart to see that that's, you know, one of, one of the, found, the forefathers, foremothers, I guess the word is, of this rap game. You know, you had to experience that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, um, it's the same story that I see resonates. You know, I used to work exclusively with youth, and it's a story that I see resonates in many households. And that's the sad thing that it's not just a rap story; it's a it's a it's a urban story. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a it's a rural story, as I see it in rural settings as well. That if you don't know, you don't know, and you might in the back of your mind you might really love your child, but you know you just don't know how to love because you weren't loved. Right. Or you don't know how to protect your child because you weren't protected. You know what I'm saying? I was surprised that um, one of the things you kind of mentioned earlier was just about um, downplaying some of the sexual relationships that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering like what instances you're referring to because I just want to compare notes and see what you thought because um, there were there were a couple of scenes where I was like mm, I'm pretty sure that's not how that happened but I'm, I'm curious to think what oh what, I mean when I was speaking of I mean the thing that really stood out to me that just made me like oh my effing good it's like this older man you know that older guy the guy who one of my favorite actors up until this movie now I don't even fuck with him <laughs> the guy from Midnight I can't think of his name he's from Herschelah Ali you talking yeah, about movie Mahershala. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean his. Oh, don't don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, his, I mean, he, he is what he is. But the way he preyed on her, and you know, the guy. I mean, the real guy, not the not the actor, of course. And you know, the way in my mind, pimped her and abused her and all that stuff. I mean, it was. It hurt me to see that. I guess because I have daughters, so you know, in that way, I don't ever want to see my my daughters experience that. But you have to emulate what you want your daughters to to. to to move towards, you know what I'm saying? If you're not showing your daughter love, if you're not, you know, interacting with your daughter and showing her a positive role model, they may fall into such traps, you know? So there was definitely, I'm pretty sure the scene with the cell phone where he was like her, her Superman, her hero, and he offered to use his cell phone, that probably happened. Um, I could see a girl, you know, a young 14-year-old girl being really enamored with a dude with a cell phone. I could definitely see that. But the scene where she was almost raped, I felt like didn't happen. Um, Basically, she was, you know, in the trap house and she had moved out of, temporarily moved out of her mother's place and was wearing some like just regular shorts, I guess, you know, around the house. And um, I felt like almost rape didn't happen. Like, well, I'm gonna tell you what I think happened. I think she was actually raped. In fact, I think she was pimped. 
Exactly. Exactly. That was my point. Like, I think she was actually raped, um, but maybe it was too painful for her to like actually include that mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And exactly. that's why she didn't. She just made it seem like, okay, well, um, you know, I'm just going to make it seem like, because if I'm not mistaken, that was the same guy in the end that came back and gave her the $10,000 to buy her son back or to buy her son. Was that the same guy that said, I owe you? His name was, I can't remember his name, but. Yeah, I think you're right. Now that I think about it, I didn't think about it at the time, but I think you're right. So that's why I was like, that doesn't even make sense for him to say, like, I owe you. And then she also alluded to the white lawyer being able, like some white Jewish lawyer being able to help her buy her son. So if if he could help her, if the lawyer could help her, why would she go back to the trap nigga? Like that, that didn't make sense to me. So maybe that's why. Like, maybe she had to pay the lawyer. And maybe that was like his retainer or something. I don't know, man. There's, no, there's some stuff she left. She, some stuff she left out. There's some holes in the in the plot, definitely. Yeah. So I I was just like, mm, that that's probably not how that happened. The whole rape scene. Um, I'm certainly I'm certain that she romanticized to a certain degree her relationship with uh with Tuan, her her child's father. Um, you know, he definitely preyed on her. Um, and I think as much as I love Mahershala Ali, he definitely did a very good job of being the creep dude. Like oh, he's very good at playing an asshole. He's very good at playing a guy that you don't want to fuck with. When he actually played a moonlight, he showed me a side of him that I was like, what? This guy is a phenomenal actor. He better get a, an award or something. Cause I did, that was like a flip on everything else I've seen him in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He, he did a great job. Um, but I'm sure like, yeah, he, he probably was more abusive or was abusive much sooner than what she reflected in the movie. Um, right, once you got her from your mama, you basically could do whatever you wanted with her. What's she going to do? Yeah. Run back to her mama? Nah, you, you already pissed right. your mama off. You ain't got that. You ain't got that float. You ain't got that, that, that home base to go back to. I own you. Yeah, and, that's, and then it's just New York too, and you got to think the mentality of New York niggas even to this day, but especially back then where they thought they ran the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think I, I do think it was fucked up, and it's I know for a fact that like musicians, especially black artists, have been getting got for years it's just crazy to me to believe like damn like even in the 80s like these these people were still living in projects like I, I thought about the new edition story and how they would go on these tours and be dropped right back off in the projects that is so crazy to me it's like are we are have we learned better like are we doing better compared to you know compared to back then like are right, some aspects, but pe- people be playing themselves. They be getting these advances, not realizing that once that advance is spent, you got to pay the company back. So you're 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 advanced, but then you're in the hole. So the, your first album don't net you any money. The second album, your baseline, so you're going back into debt. I mean, it's a formula. It's a formula that best benefits the produce, not the producers. It's a formula that best benefits the record label, and not the artists. That's why, you know, I mean, then people say, well, forget it. Let me just get what I get. I do a 360 degrees, a 360 degree um, contract. 
which means yeah, you get all the album sales anyway. I mean, you're gonna basically get them anyway. I get all this upfront money, and you know, you get all, the, and I get all my show money. I mean, if you think about it, the best way to make money as an artist is show money because mm-hmm. you're not getting that much of a high percentage on album sales or digital sales like that. As the record label probably will only cut you th- between one and three percent of each album sale. So if an album costs ten dollars and you're getting three percent. I mean, I ain't the best mathematician or anything, but that sounds like 30 cents. So, I mean, even to this day, people, I mean, people could tell you right off the bat, DMX, fucked. I mean, I don't think the only ones who can get past it is the ones that weasel and wiggle their way. I mean, I think the most savvy of them has to be Jay-Z, as he basically said, okay, Def, Def Jam said they'll buy They'll buy Rockefeller. He became the CEO of Rockefeller and then pulled Rockefeller out and did his own thing with it. You know what I'm saying? He basically right. fucked his homeboys. I mean, that was the biggest player move ever. I mean, in a way, you can't say, oh, he played them. No, because they got paid. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it, 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 it's, not their, his, it's not his fault that he basically said, oh, well, I still want the company. I'll just pull out when, I, not, when I'm not the CEO anymore. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was a Dame Dash move all day, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, who else? I mean, Dr. Dre, not 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 as savvy as a businessman as he's he's neck deep into Interscope, but was able to make side deals with Monster Monster Cable and um Beats in order to become a nearly a nearly a billionaire at one point. I mean, he's about half that now for some reason. As they say, what is it? Jay Z's number one, Puffy is two, and Dre is now three. Well, you know. Jay is married, and look at who he's married to. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, he made some real good deals. He made a real good deal with Tidal. Yeah. I think he sold up shares of it to Verizon or Sprint or something. So, you know, he's right. a smart, smart man, considering that he don't have much more than a ninth grade education. Absolutely. So, while, I mean, while we're on the subject of name dropping, let's talk about the careers that... Um, Roxanne, Roxanne was responsible for. Um, were there any appearances in the movie where you were like, oh shit, I had no idea. I had no idea nah, she was responsible. Nah, because, nah, nah. because you know, for the most part, you know, I, I, I ain't said I grew up with it. I mainly grew up with West Coast music. But for the most part, I mean, I kind of knew, I mean, you know, Bronx and Brooklyn and all that stuff, they were kind of tight, you know, in niche. I mean, they pretty much Stemmed off from each other. Bronx is the birthplace of hip hop. Bronx is the birthplace of hip hop. Right, right, right. They were in Jamaica, you know, they were in Queensbridge. So, like, boroughs like that. But when she, I will say, when Nas came up, I automatically knew. I was like, that's supposed to be Nas. I don't know why they cast that young man because he has Remember, nothing Nas started you know Nas started when he was what 15 16 years old though yeah i i don't like that i'm just saying like Nas is fine i don't know like no disrespect to that young man but he don't look like Nas but i still knew i was like oh they're definitely referring to Nas so when he said oh my name is Nasir i was like oh okay i'm not surprised i knew that that was Nas from me one of the the moments i was like Bismarcky like and I was like, okay. And then I started thinking about like rap that I'd heard before where, or just different interviews where he had referenced her. 
Um, but I never had put like two and two together that this was that Roxanne. And um, I was, when she went, there was like a scene where they were going to the show and uh, Molly Mall had pulled out and said that he wasn't going to be her DJ anymore. And he was just like, uh, Biz Marquis was like, oh, don't worry. Like, I got you. I do this. I can beatbox the whole show. And I was like, oh, this is about to be a disaster. <laughs> like, not mm-hmm. putting two and two together that that was supposed to be Biz Marquis, even though he actually was cast in a way that he looks similar to the real life Biz Marquis. So he was that um, ugly? Is that what you're telling me? No, it was the teeth. <laughs> it was the teeth in the build. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, shit, like, this really is, like, I was like, oh, okay, like, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, this is about to be a disaster, and then it worked out, so, you know, that's just how yeah, it be. Yeah, if you think about the the original Marley Mall beat, it's basically a break beat. It's easy to beatbox that, you know, Biz Marquis is one of the most phenomenal. I mean, he ain't up there with Dougie Fresh, but he up there, you know? Mm, yeah, okay, that's fair. I can't disagree with that. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's in the top five. I think, you know, the the, the Fat Boys DJ was better. I mean, beatboxer was better. They say Dougie Fresh is the best of all time. I don't I don't know. I guess I'd have to agree maybe because he still does it to this day and he's still really good at it. Bismarck, he didn't really focus so much on that as he was a real DJ and then became a rapper. Oh shit! You're right. Oh, I forgot about him. Oh shit! <laughs> words too, like rapping and like beatboxing on his own shit at the same time. Like right, whereas, right, right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, shit. Words, but like Razel is rapping and like boxing at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah, right. you're right. You're right. But yeah, I like how they how she um I ain't gonna say name drop, but how she you know showed a little history. That people don't know. I mean, I don't even think people from this era would even know Bismarcky. They definitely know Nasir because of Nicki, and mainly about it because of his their association, his association with Nicki Minaj and um, Kid, DJ Khalid or whatever his name is. What is DJ Khalid? Khalid. Whatever. Gallin. Fuck him. I don't like him. How are you going to steal somebody else's beat and just scream on it and say you're a producer? Get out of here, son. Anyway. <laughs> um... No, nah, I don't think so. I think like I don't know. I disagree with that. I think I'll give young people more credit than that. I do think they know who the fuck Nas is. No, I um, said Nas. I mean Nas. I mean he's he's a, he's out there a bit bit. I mean even if you just do his beef association with Jay Z, that stems back a little bit that people could still recall some of that. But he ain't hitting like the world like the whole like Nostradamus like. Nah, that's too far back, bro. Some of these kids were just born, if if they were even born. That's a whole new game, bro. That guy's catalog is amazing. I I cannot wait till he comes to Article. This is a side note, but I cannot wait till he comes to Article. You ain't never lied. I ain't never bought no ticket at the D-Pack for Article. I always, you know, just use the hit the um, regular scenes and not the um, D-Pack scene. This would be the first time. I thought would be more so at, um, I thought he would be where Rakim was, the armory. Nope. They gave him the D-pack. Him and Erica getting the D-pack. But that makes sense. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I I hope that he gets like um like a like a nice little like live a jazz band. Setup. 
Hell yeah, oh, him man, and Erica. And what, if, and what if and what if and what if Erica sang Lawrence um, thing and if I rule the world? Yeah, you know I mean, oh shit. <laughs> it could be a nice little remix. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be looking forward to it for sure. But what if um, what if Lauren surprises us and comes down and does it herself? No. Oh, nah. <laughs> I'm over Lauren. Like I saw Lauren. Like I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but whatever. I'll be looking forward to article nonetheless. And I, know, was, that's, that, I hate the fact they moved it all the way to September, though. I love it because Broccoli City. I know, I know. And that might have been, you know, and that might have been her game plan. Like, damn, there's too much stuff popping off in April and May. I can't, I can't f with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. They don't like to split their coins that they don't like to split their coins that many ways. And I, even though I wouldn't have been torn between Broccoli. And Arda Cool, I would have seen them both. What's mixing me up is Arda Cool and then the following week, Moog Fest, if they had left it at its original date. And, you know, I Moog Fest all day. You know what I'm saying? I see. Well, now that you have access to the American Underground, you may not have to uh, pay for all the events. You may just have access and can be, you know, happen to be working in the building the day that an event is going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see. Indeed, that's the plan, yo. That's the plan. Now I'm gonna get VIP tickets this way. I am very glad about this lineup. This lineup made me very happy. The only thing that can make it better, the icing on the cake, is if they get SZA or if they get her. But SZA, but you know that um, TDE is coming down here. I want to say in May. May. Have they already started selling those tickets? Yes, they have. They damn started. it! Damn it! Damn it! I'm about to get up on that. Because, you know, I mean, Kendrick Lamar, he cool. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I like him a lot, but I don't, I'm not saying I necessarily would have bought a concert ticket to see him. But the fact that Scissors coming too, that was the icing on the cake. That that sealed the deal for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really, uh, what's his homie? Homie Quan? I'm not really, the other guy, Schoolboy Q, I'm not really on him like that. I'm not really on anybody else on that label like that. Those two are the only ones I really look, I look at, you know, that I, I, I look out for. I'll wait till the day of to see about tickets for that. If it's somewhere I want to sit, if I have a couple extra bucks in the bank, then cool. I'll go. I'll go check out the show. Um, and then Odie Wan Kenobi will speak to the TDE experience. But uh, I feel like SZA is phenomenal. I mean, I need to know more about her. I want to know. I guess it's too early for an unsung, but I know in one song she said she used to be a stripper and she ain't going back to that life. I just think, you know, her her videos need a... Have you ever seen her videos, her, her music videos? <laughs> yes, I saw the one that Solange directed. Okay, that probably was the one I'm thinking about. And then she did the, the, the Drew Barrymore song, and that was kind of weird. I mean, she's a weird girl. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't recall. Oh, yeah, Drew Barrymore actually made an appearance in the video. It was Bananas. Hmm, okay. Well, might have to look it up on YouTube but I, later. I like I like SZA a lot. I uh, 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 well, we we going off on a tangent. But back to um, Roxanne Shante. <laughs> back to Roxanne Shante. Um, so there's one comment I read on social media. It was not a spoiler, but it's one that I wouldn't. I wished I wouldn't have read, and <laughs> because. As I'm waiting for the movie to finish, like kind of waiting for it to climax, I'm like, 
oh man, like, is it gonna end the way that they said that it was gonna end? And basically the comment just said, hmm, so I just watched Roxanne, Roxanne, and is it just me or did it just end abruptly? And so I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, like, is it going to end abruptly? So like my mind was fixated on that. Mm -hmm. um, And I felt like that seed had been planted. So I was waiting for it to end abruptly. Mm -hmm. And I have to agree with that sentence. I wish I wouldn't have seen it because I felt like maybe I would have looked at it differently if I hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. Although it wasn't really a lie. Like it really did. I kept saying, okay, like, how is this going to end? And basically she brings it back to Nas. Like she sees Nas again and Nas has his shit together this time. So he spits a little rhyme for her and she likes what she hears and co-signs it. So I guess that was like her way of like foreseeing actual talent. Um, and then she's also talking about moving to Jersey, like moving finally getting the house, I guess, that they that they weren't able to get before um, and getting the home that they wish they'd always had. And it just, and of course, this is also after she purchases her son for $10,000 because the father won't shit. I mean, he was a drug dealer, but also a fuck boy who, who got high on his own supply. And after he whooped her ass and hospitalized her, she, you know, wasn't able to see her child for like two weeks. And he told her, pay me $10,000 and you can have him back. It just ended like in a weird place. And then I think what really topped it all off for me was the part where she, they showed, I don't know how many interviews she actually had done on like NTV and like, the music video box channels and all of that. But the interview that they showed, I thought was odd, like an odd choice. It might have been the only one they had rights to. Maybe. Then if that's the case to me, they should have just ended it with like the standard, oh, like today Roxanne Roxanne, like, you know, has been credited with launching blah, blah, blah careers and has been, um, if she would have been paid properly, would have made like $1.5 million or what, you know, whatever the, the money amount was, the monetary amount was. Um, just to give us like some quick facts at the end, you know, rather than the interview, I just felt like the interview was kind of awkward and awkwardly placed um, because basically the movie it was about her being taken advantage of by different men in her life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she told her truth and that's what happened. Um, her manager was robbing her blind and her man whooped her ass and she was dealing with like, you know, local D-boys and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like it ended in an odd place because here she is talking about how to be appreciated and like as a woman, but girl you're like 14 like yes she grew up fast but I don't want my love advice from a 14 year old or 15 year old well I mean I think what you speak to you know has a, a lot of value I mean I agree with you the way it ended was like whoa what I mean, really but let's be honest when do do we ever really have happy endings for our people you know what I'm saying I don't think I don't I, 
I was fine with it not having a quote unquote happy ending, but it just an ending would be nice. <laughs> well, her story's still ongoing. Maybe this will be show her the appreciation she needs. Maybe she'll do something. Maybe that's what she considered an open ended ending, in order because the story's not over yet. Maybe. Let's say that. Let's say that. Let's say that. Let's find some. Let's find some logic in this decision they made. <laughs> if that was the case, I mean, if that was the case, then she wouldn't have like said, "Oh, we're about to move to Jersey." Like, I feel like if she was like, that was her. I think that was their attempt to wrap it up neatly to just say, "Oh, like, yeah." In spite of all the bullshit, she still managed to get her home, her mother, a home in Jersey. Like, I think that was their attempt to like neatly package it. But frankly. If you're going to neatly package it or like and abruptly end it, then it should have ended right after the baby daddy signed the paperwork. And then just move the timeline up a little bit with her encountering Nas. Like maybe, you know, catch Nas like right before she was going to get her baby or whatever. Something like that. And then and then she go get her baby. That to me is where it should have ended. And that would have been not only a happy ending, but also like a nice neat package like i just felt frayed at the end i don't know that was just my two cents i agree with you i mean you have a lot of insight i really learned a lot from watching from listening to this podcast appreciate you joining me yeah that's i mean overall though i do say it's worth watching um and, you know, if you want to learn more, you can always learn more about Roxanne Roxanne and at the very least listen to her own words. Um, the young lady who was cast as Roxanne, I thought did a really good job. Um, I'm not sure how old she is in real life, but I believed at times that she was a 15 year old girl just because of how she carried herself and like the mentality that she had. I think she did a good job of reflecting a 15 year old girl in Queens in the 80s just it just seemed like like it made sense but um i definitely give it two thumbs up and say check it out agree agree all right well thanks so much for joining me and we will catch you next time on odiwan kenobi speaks Thank you. And thank you for inviting me again and allowing me to offer my perspective. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.